Turuntusraadio. Hello and welcome to our marketing radio talk show number 256. I'm Anu Malnaritz from the Institute of Marketing, your host today. And I have a guest, Paula Savonen from Tiffero. Hello, Hi. Paula. Hi, um, and we are today going to talk about how to create content for business to business. And uh, to introduce Paula a bit, uh, she was one of our really loved presenters during Tallinn Marketing Week uh, in May this year. And uh, she introduced how they work in Tiffero, uh, uh, creating content for business to business uh, and how to have a strategic uh, uh, approach to that. And based on that, we really have a luxury today to listen a bit more and ask several questions about that. So let's start from the beginning. Um, for you, you have been in the field for such a long time, such a long time. What is usually the most challenging when you create content for business to business? I think um, if you ask from the B2B customers to whom we are creating the content, um, very often they say that, you know what, our topics are so uh, hard to understand, so complicated that you cannot just cannot create content out of that. It's so hard to understand for others. So very often because B2B uh, companies, you, they, they do stuff with technology, engineering and, and things are very, very complicated. So uh, very often also the staff thinks that you need to put everything down when you create content, but it's not so. Uh, the most uh, challenging thing is to convince the customer that... Um, The thing you need to do is go into your customer's head and mind and change everything around and uh, create customer-centric content. So you need to think about uh, what's your customer value, um, what's, what, what's the motives they have, uh, do they have any prejudices or... Um, Um, what are the drivers, what's their challenge, and so on. And think about those questions and then just answer to those. Um, and very often the, the, the main messages are very simple, not technical, not engineering, um, very simple. Can you bring me an, an example or two to make it kind of more concrete? Yeah, well, um, we have a customer who is in the um, forest industry, And um, they know that they have a high-tech product. It's a thin plywood veneer. And they know how it's produced and it's really high-tech. But then when we interviewed their customers, for example, in the UK, in Germany and so on, the customers said that, hey, uh, we trust their product. That's why <laughs> we buy from them. Uh, and then that is, doesn't chip when I produce with it something, and so on. So that's maybe a very concrete example. So you don't need to start with your product specs. 
start with the value you create for the customer and ask that from the customers. Exactly. Yeah. Go and ask why <laughs> to buy our product, not just ship the product and then wonder that. Yeah. Did it go right this time? Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe one more thing is that uh, you need to discuss with the sales. So ask the customers and then also discuss if you are a marketing manager or um, anybody who is creating marketing for a B2B business, discuss with the sales. What kind of questions do customers ask when they do business with them, when they call them, when you get the emails? What do they ask? What kind of terms they use? And then there you have something to work with. Okay, very good. Yeah. So um, if you if you have a good understanding of what happens in your customer head, customer's head and why they are preferring you and moti- what are the motivations to buy from you, Let's say that the company has the information. How to generate a perfect piece of content? Perfect piece of content. Um, I think um, I was thinking about this question when I took the ferry over. And I remember Sana Makiranta, who is our content creator, um, actually a couple of days ago said that uh, a perfect piece of content is targeted, valuable and helpful to your target group. Okay. So to the customer, not for you, the company or business. And uh, to go further, uh, it would give ideas, insights and inspiration uh, for the customers. And uh, very often, if you go and look at the website B2B companies have, they have quite a lot of uh, information of the products they produce and the services they produce. But then uh, what would be very, very valuable for customers uh, would be some ideas of the end-use examples. You can use the products or uh, reference cases. Not many, but a couple of valuable ones. But usually I think that business-to-business companies, when you especially talk about engineers, for instance, they are kind of... They are engineers and often even the customers are engineers. Yeah. So they both really love to juggle with the numbers and then and, and physics and everything that is inside. And I think that sometimes they think that they do understand how to use their product. Why should I tell it? Is it true yeah. or would it be still important to show that, okay, we have this type of machine and you could do hundreds of different things with the machine? I think it's very important, especially uh, in Finland. I think it's the same thing in Estonia. Uh, we have uh, quite a lot of companies who are looking for growth from new markets and um, countries they haven't done business Absolutely. before at. Um, the thing is that your potential customer in a country X, where you are looking at and you are reaching growth in, um, do not know the brands you have, the names of the brands. So what you need to do then is uh, think about the questions they uh, are asking and the challenges they are looking for. For example, a very practical example is that um, what do they, what do you think they are going to write down in Google field, search field, when they are looking for information? Um, and they are not going to search for your product X, brand X, because they do not know that it exists, the name. True. So um, I stick with the plywood example. Um, if you have, uh, for example, a plywood go- called uh, 
Super Veneer XXX, and that's your brand name. They don't know that. They are looking for sustainable, uh, solid uh, plywood for laser cutting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those are the birds that needs to be on your website. Okay. And later on comes the product information. But we, us- we usually say that um, you, well, this is a rule of thumb, but you should have 80% of this insight full and, and um, that kind of content that gives in ideas and insights. And then only 20% of the product information. But let's continue with the example of the plywood. Let's yeah. say that we got the keywords right. They are yeah. somewhere in our homepage. We get the customer from, I don't know, whatever country. Let's say the customer is from Turkey. Yeah. From totally different part of the world, might be using for this type of, sol- or looking for this type of solution. What would be the first piece? What should they read about it? About your product? Or what? How to start introducing who you are? Um, if you haven't uh, talked to them before, uh, the best thing to do is uh, to think about uh, situations uh, where the potential customer finds him or herself. So identification. Okay. Um, same type of uh, end use cases or reference stories. And then he or she sees that, okay, that company has succeeded with that same product. I can try that. Okay. So that's one good thing, reference stories. And then social media is a very good channel to distribute those. So uh, we talk about content paths. And to reach out, you need a content path of, for example, three steps, where you have distribution, uh, where you are trying to raise interest among your target groups. You can use, for example, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook in Turkey. And you can do promotion if you want. And then you you are trying to raise interest and get the potential customer to read more to your website. And the website is your heart. Okay. So <laughs> do I understand you correctly? If you yeah. take the same plywood and turkey. So the... In general, I would tell them that we have a good case study. We have sold our plywood to Turkey and this solved this type of problems in the company. And this is the case study I'm going to promote in Turkey. Yeah, that they should feel kind of okay. There is something. Yeah. They really know our, I don't know, climate or whatever things. Yeah. And maybe you could, for example, try to promote also your, your content in uh, social media, like five tips to you to uh how to produce uh, these products with our plywood. Okay. Or okay. Um, read how our cu- how customer XXX succeeded uh, to the design this and that. Okay. Things like that. Yeah. How to, five tips. They were also in B2B. Very often, the same kind of things uh, and the titles uh, that you use in consumer marketing work also in B2B, but the rhythm is slower. And then also um, the amount of content um, uh, is less. You don't need as much content. Okay. So let's say that we, um, uh, the Turkish uh, uh, company is really interested and is coming to our homepage. Yeah. So what should they read there? What should they see there? What should be enough 
and what is so that you say that it's not too little. Okay, so uh, they have seen the ad or a case in LinkedIn, clicked, gone to the website, and then they have a reference story um, that clearly demonstrates the value that your product has created to customer X. And then, for example, in the end of the reference story, you have a, a call to action Hey, do you want to download a guide how to use our products? Uh, do you want to uh, order samples? Do you want to contact us or read more, read another case? The aim is to uh, guide him or her further all okay. the way to action. So first thing, raise interest. Then um, uh, offer some more information and then get some kind of action, um, a contact information, a download where you get the email address or then a direct contact. Uh, let's say so that, okay, the contact information is, is rather easy. Yeah. Come and buy from us. I put the call for action and everyone is happy and clapping hands. Yes, yeah. we <laughs> sold plywood to Turkey. Yeah. But in a case, the customer is more suspicious. Yeah. It's still Finland. It's the yeah. other end of the world where the ply- plywood yeah. should come. What's the content, or let's say, if I if I were f- frame or if I ask it so that, um, how much content would a business-to-business customer really need? Just yeah. if they always click read further, read further, read no. further, is it hundreds of hours of content they need to read there? Or what is kind of, when do they get tired? Um, I think you can start with a uh, very, um, um, like, like with the basics. I think you need to have a couple of reference cases. Those are very, very important on your website. Then you need to have the contact information and all that kind of information in place um, that cuts down uh, the, the obstacles uh, when somebody wants to buy or contact you. Okay. And uh, again, the website is the heart. So on the website, it's nice to have some reference cases, uh, contact information, uh, then also the product information in place. And the thing is also that in today's world, uh, the Google values a website when you uh, update information regularly. So even though you have a B2B business um, where the business cycle is slower, than in consumer business, it's good to update uh, something from time to time, even on on a weekly basis. Because the algorithm um, learns very slowly. So that's your kind of uh, website. And actually, I remember um, in June, when we were in Tallinn marketing with with Katri Tangni, and somebody asked, where should I start? And then Katri said, and I, I agree with her, that you should start you should put your website uh, in order first and 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 check that um, you have that kind of keywords uh, over the, there in the titles um, and in the text um, where you use that kind of language that the customer uses as well so that your content raises up and pops out okay. in the search engine. So that's, I think, the first step. So you ask about where to start, I think on your website um, and uh, 
contact information, product information, but that's not enough. Reference cases also. And something to get leads with. It may be a download or something. And videos work as well. And the one thing, um, I don't know how much we have time left, but one thing that um, I would like to underline as well is that um, in B2B, you can go very far without marketing automation. Of course, you can take marketing automation in use and, and do newsletters or um, maybe simple steps, but you need to have content for that marketing automation drip. So you can do content marketing uh, without marketing automation, but you cannot cannot do marketing automation without, without content. Without content, really. Okay. Often the the situation where the business to business companies or marketing marketeers are is that um, there is always a question: Should we try to put the content together ourselves, or should we hire a freelancer who probably has a journalistic background, maybe uh, as uh, engineering educa education, who maybe knows it better? Um, and then the next question is that okay. If you know that who is going to write the content, let's say it's writing, then always the question is, it should it be long or should it be short? Of course, I know that you say that it should be optimal and so on. Yeah. But are there any rules that they say that, for instance, in business to business environment, people tend to tend to look for more information. They are happy with the inspiration and topics and they are maybe more disappointed when you write too little that they mm. say that, okay, I would love to know more, but where, the, where is my next part? Is there mm. any logic or any kind of structure what everyone should know as a basics? I think there is, actually. And um, the answer uh, lies within your customers and the sales and among those who work with the customers again. Okay. So if you can spot uh, those most uh, critical questions that they ask uh, when they are negotiating a deal, uh, that's uh, that's those are the questions where you, that you need to answer with content also. For and instance, for what can instance, be the critical question. Uh, for instance, um, if you uh, have a technology um, where somebody thinks that, uh, well, you may have a new technology that people doesn't even know that it exists. Okay, it may be helpful to write that down and really uh, write um, an information package that the customer can download or your sales can send to the customer. Uh, we have been, recently we wrote uh, 10 pages white paper for a Finnish B2B company for uh, external market. And that's about a new technology that they really need to explain. So but then, yeah, um, but again, in social media, you, you need to have micro content. Yeah, of course. Then you have a video, 15 seconds, from 15 seconds till uh, 45 seconds. Uh, reference case, a good reference case, text would be an A4. But then the most critical topics, uh, then you just write that down <laughs> <laughs> you explain <laughs> what it is <laughs> and, and it may be from one page till 10 pages yeah okay. we do everything in between and then you also asked about who should write the content um 
we at Differo uh, have written quite complicated issues about quite complicated issues, and it needs to be um, like um, if it's an external writer, there needs to be a good briefing. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if but on the other other hand, if it's uh, the writer is, for example, from inside the company and uh, he or she is a professional in that field, then I think somebody should make sure that the text uh, is clear for the outsiders also. So I think, uh, and we actually do both. We get drafts from companies and edit those, and then we also uh, write ourselves, and then the company may edit those. So it depends. And I think you can use uh, freelancers as well. Um, <clears throat> but to get your content um, to be seen um, in this world of uh, search engines, a um, couple of years ago, uh, it was okay that the freelance writer just um, typed a fancy title that was very interesting. But now, in addition to the fancy title, um, you should think about those long tail searches that the potential customer is doing. And now again, I'm going back to the search engine optimization, but that's something to keep in mind all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. What about visuals? Photos, drawings, infographics? Yeah. Yes, no, are there any yes. rules? Use more of that and less of that. Um, I think... Uh, the world is going towards more visual communication. And uh, also in B2B, when you need to raise attention um, in the first phase of the buying journey, the visuals work very, very well. Videos and visuals, uh, photos and also graphics. And then uh, if we do a guide that you can download or a white paper, uh, we use quite a lot of graphics and visuals as well. Because even though the English is the business language, um, we often think that uh, we need to have perfect English. But actually, very seldom uh, in the global business, the buyer or the sourcing function in the international company has English speaking people. So uh, the visuals are very good and the graphics and basic language. So that everyone pretty much will understand yeah. what you're talking about, yeah. not too complicated passwords yeah. Yeah. or slangs. Yeah. Very good. Um, and then also in a business to business, I don't know if it's if it's right or wrong question, but it's always about the question of how much should we polish the quality or is it okay to have more pieces maybe of average quality compared to few ones with top quality? Few ones with top quality when you go to B2B. And I think that's because the investments that are made in B2B and the deals that are negotiated are um, just so much bigger than in consumer marketing. So, and it's also related to the brand, but I haven't faced any B2B company 
on my career who would not want to be uh, profiled as a quality player, okay. quality um, business. So I think um, quality is the word. But then again, you don't need to work with that piece of content for too long. So it's sometimes it's just if when you get the message right and you have proofread the thing or the video is okay, then it's okay. Um, and I also ask about a bit about uh, timing. Um, Timing-wise, are there any specific understanding when should my content go out? Uh, what kind of sequence? Uh, if you talk about marketing automation, should I send something every day, every week, every month, every year? Yeah. What's the logic behind? Um, well, first of all, I think um, it's good to just start creating and doing. Okay. That's one thing, but that wasn't the answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, okay, in B two B business, the the rhythm is a little bit slower. Uh, very often, we uh, produce uh, one newsletter per month to our customers, and uh, the thing is also that um, it takes more time to create a reference case story, or um, <clears throat> newsletter, or a video of a new product you have or customer experiences because you, you very often need to have, for example, an interview with uh, the customer representative and also customers' customers' representative. And then because the, the, the topics are so much more complicated, it takes time to, to proofread and produce that. So, um, for example, uh, you can think about starting with a newsletter once a month. And uh, if you have good reference cases on your website, for example, uh, let's say four of those, you can um, produce uh, two social media posts from each of those four. Okay. That makes eight. And there you have two months uh, social media campaign strategy. If you have four reference cases on your website, you can distribute those through social media you have two different angles to each of the cases. And if you do um, one post for a week, then it's two months. Very good. Thank you a lot for the tips and insights. And now everyone who thinks that, oh my God, I want to know more, it's so interesting. So please welcome. Uh, we have a special masterclass with Paula Yay! from Bifero. She's coming back to Tallinn uh, on uh, November 27, am I right? Um, yeah, and that will be very, very interesting. So welcome everyone to listen, to learn more, and you have a chance also to discuss very, very practically how you could implement all the tips and tricks into yeah. your social, social media strategy, because believe me, she knows. <laughs> she <laughs> knows and she can think with you and it's a great piece of value what you can get out of the day. So I'm really eagerly waiting for you. Thank you. And dear listeners, uh, welcome back next week and uh, listen to our next show. And have a nice time. Sulle meeldis Turudusraadio. Teili endale meelde tuletus järgmiste saadete kohta Marketingi Instituudi kodulehelt. 